So this week, I actually broke into Ricky and Lillian's house while they were at work. And I found Ricky's prized plate. Do you know Ricky eats off of this plate every meal? And, and I wanted to bring this back to Ricky because I'm, I'm kidding. This is not from Ricky and Lillian's house. This is actually from my house. This is the bane of my existence. This is the you are special plate. And if you've been around for any period of time, you know that I have a love-hate relationship with this plate. Well, this week, I have actually come to realize this is a wonderful plate. It's a biblical plate. And if you understand why this plate is biblical, your life will never be the same. But if you don't understand the biblical basis of this plate, you have a mess of trouble on your hands. I want to ask this question. Are you special? The more important question is, why? See, this plate is correct, but it's missing the reason. And I hope today that we will see the reason why we are all special, and in particular, those of us in Christ are far more special than we realize. Amen? Anyone not feeling particularly special today? If so, I have good news for you. Luke Chapter 8, we'll start in verse 40. Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue. And falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him, and there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowd surrounds you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, No, someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Well, while he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, Your daughter's dead. Don't trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, Do not fear, only believe, and she will be well. Let's stop there. We're going to talk about Jairus next week, but this week, the woman. And when you look at these two people, I want you to notice there's a contrast right off the bat. Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue. A woman named what? A man, a woman named, unnamed. Powerful, powerless. A woman who is outcast from the synagogue. A man who rules the synagogue. A man who comes to Jesus face to face. A woman who creeps up secretly. A man who's wealthy, a woman who's spent everything, a man who's revered, a woman who's reviled. The contrast is amazing. But let's start even further back. There's a crowd. It says Jesus returned. He was, remember last week, uh, across the lake, healing a maniac and making him a missionary. Amen? And he comes back and there's a crowd. Now, can we stop there for a minute? Why is Jesus always hanging around crowds? Do you ever notice that? 
He's always hanging around crowds. If Jesus wanted to let people know he was God, it wouldn't be that difficult. Elephant, boom, donkey, boom, sun go out, sun come on, elevate, flip, right? But why was he always around crowds? Because he didn't want to just let people know he had the power to save. He wanted to let people know that he desired to save. He wanted to let people know what he was like. Compassionate, gracious, holy, merciful, all-powerful. Do you understand that? Just, just think about for a moment that Jesus intentionally chose to hang around crowds because he came to save people in those crowds. He has the power to save and the desire to save. Amen? Can we hang on that for a minute? You special? So special Jesus desires to save? So then we have Jairus, a powerful man who comes to Jesus, and don't miss this, not the focus today, but Jesus is approachable, available, and responsive. God is approachable, available, and responsive. Can, did you all hear me? He came to God because God came to us. Jesus was available to the crowd and the individual within the crowd, and Jesus was responsive to someone who spoke to him. Hang on a minute. Is that crazy? And then a woman snuck up behind him. And what was her biggest problem? What was her biggest problem, guys? 12-year discharge of blood. Wrong. We'll get to that in a minute. Jesus was going to address her bigger problem. She had a 12-year discharge of blood, which caused physical, financial, spiritual, and relational issues. Outcast from society, spent all her money on physicians trying to heal her. Couldn't go to the temple. Couldn't touch her kids if she had any. Bankrupt. Physical pain, struggles all over the place, and Jesus knew it. She touched his garment. What was her theology like, good theology or bad? We don't know. Exodus 29, 15, give it a read. It might not have been such bad theology. I'll let you check that out. But she touches his garment, and immediately the bleeding stopped. And what did Jesus do? He could have let her go totally physically healed, Amen. All of her problems gone. But Jesus said, who touched me? Did he not know? Genesis 3. Adam, where are you? He knew. Why? He wanted an I-thou, not an I-it relationship. I steal that from a guy named Martin Buber. I-it. I have an I-it relationship with my Bible, with my plate, and with my iPad. Impersonal. I have an I-thou relationship with my wife and my kids. Personal, intimate, communion and fellowship. Jesus wanted an I-thou relationship, not an I-it relationship with this woman. Do you see that? Because why? He wanted to let her know, you are special. I made you. I loved you. I will save you. Now, now, watch this. Jairus goes to Jesus with a request, takes Jesus with him. Come on, let's go. The woman. Right? Whose faith does Jesus commend? Why? What kind of faith is that? Secretive? Fearful, fleeting, trembling when identified? 
What kind of faith is that that's commendable? Huh. What kind of faith is that? Jairus had stronger faith. He showed up face to face. He said, teacher, come heal. He even on parallel counts. You don't even have to show up. Just say it. She's good. This woman sneaks up. What kind of faith is this? But Jesus commends it. It's secret, fearful, trembling. But listen to this. She comes, don't miss this word, through her fear, through her trembling, to Jesus. Do you know what that's called? Faith. Saving faith. It's a gift of God. A God-given ability to perceive certain things that are true and to trust your whole life to them and to him who establishes their truthfulness. Don Carson says that. A God-given ability to perceive certain things that are true and to trust your whole life to them and to him who establishes their truthfulness. Amen? This woman had commendable faith, not because of how strong her faith was. This was not a bold, fearless faith. Too often we're like, oh, so-and-so has such strong faith to be commended. They never doubt, they never fear, they always trust God. Well, listen, you may do that in areas, but can we be honest? That's a hog lie. Is that a term, a hog lie? (laughs) When you know people beyond the surface, you know they're weak, fearful, timid, and fragile. I'll ask the men. Any men here fragile? You don't want to put your hands up, but your wives all know you are. Amen? We're all fragile, weak, timid, fearful people, and I got good news for you. Those are the only type of people Jesus came to save. Totally sinful, wicked, and depraved, he saves us. And then in our weakness, we realize we can do all things through who? Christ who strengthens us. This woman demonstrated her saving faith, not by the absence of fear, not by the absence of timidity, not by the absence even of doubt, but by coming to Jesus through those things. Do you see that? What's your faith like? Who do you commend the faith of? Oh, look how strong so-and-so's faith is. Listen, it ain't that strong. But the object of their faith is mighty to save. You got that? So this woman comes and Jesus says, your faith, gift of God, has sozoed you, made you well. It means saved you. Go in peace, peace with God, daughter, term of endearment. Now we'll get to Jairus next week. But look what he says to him in 50. Do not fear, only believe shall be well. You believe, now keep believing. Hang on, man. But to this woman, he says, your faith has made you well. Real simple sermon today, real, real fleeting voice. Well, might be shorter than usual. Do you know Jesus has the power to save you? Amen? You sure? We've seen it for eight chapters. But do you know more importantly, he has a desire to save you? Power? It's one thing. Power with desire? Hang on. Because if we've been reconciled through the death of Christ, how much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life, meaning we serve a living Savior? Do you know that Jesus has power and desire? Do you know that Jesus is attentive, available, and responsive? God has his eye upon you. God cares about and for you. 
And God responds to his people in particular when they pray. You know that God desires not an I-it relationship where he just takes your problems away, but an I-thou relationship where he knows you and you know him? This is eternal life. John, what is it, 17, that they would know God. Relationally knowing God is the desire of God and is why Christ came. And did you know that you are weak and he is strong? Did you know that? You are so smart. You are so beautiful or handsome. You are so creative. You are so kind. You are special. No. No. You stink. You are riddled with sin inside and out. You love yourself more than any other person on this planet. You are manipulative. You are deceitful and dishonest. But, while you were still like that, Christ died for you. You are special. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep. And as we keep going through, God created man, how? In his image. You are special. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. You are special. Emmanuel, Jesus, God with us, God saves, came to reconcile people from himself, through himself, and to himself. Why? Because you are special to God. How special are you? God, who has power to save, has the desire to save, and he does it through the death of his son. You are special. Even if you're lost, you're special because God desires to save you. But for those who are saved, you are uniquely special because you are loved in all ways by God. Look at this woman and look at Jairus and how they come to Jesus. Jairus is respected. He shows up to the shore. He's waiting. Jesus' little girl's going to die and he's just pleading for Jesus. Come with me. Bold, courage, Jairus. I got a lady with no name bleeding for 12 years, totally out of money, can't even touch her family, can't go to the synagogue, sneaks up behind him because she knows Mark 5. If I just touch the fringe of his garment, I'll be made well. She comes scared out of her mind. You know why? Because she knew she was nothing in the world. And in the eyes of the world, when you know you're nothing, how could you come to God? But that lost the gospel. Because God came for those who know they're nothing on their own. But how special they are to him. Amen? We all got some self-esteem issues here. The problem is we try to meet them in the wrong way. We try to make a name for ourselves to prove that we're special, as opposed to resting in Christ knowing that we are special because we are his. Do you see the difference? Listen, you may be smart, but God is smarter. You may be pretty, but God is prettier. 
You may be powerful, but God is more powerful. You ain't that special by what you can do. You're special by who you are. You are an image bearer loved by God and those who are saved reconciled to God. Now listen to this closely. This woman knew how weak she was and that's why her faith was commendable. Don't trust God in your strength. Well, Lord, my incredible intellect allows me to step into an apologetic ministry. I shall show the world how lovely you are by my smarts. Lord, have billions of dollars. My generosity will abound. I shall give $4 million away. Lord, I have no wife and kids. I don't care if I die. I'll go do anything. Stop. We all have areas where we don't struggle to trust God. You know those areas where you struggle to trust God? You don't know them? You know where, where you steward your time, your talent, and your treasure, and you just can't do your very own life? Saving faith demonstrates itself by trusting God through weakness, doubt, fear, yelling out, crying out to God, God, help me. Perhaps, as you do, you might hear God say to you, listen, who touched me? He said to the woman, who touched me? Maybe as you and I trust God, we might hear him say, I'm, I'm, I'm stretching an illustration, just bear with me. Who touched me? As his power goes out into us, it's already in us, and perhaps our response might be, it was me, Lord. I believe. Help my unbelief. Amen? My friends, this is a two-week sermon. I'm just setting it up this week. But what I want you to not miss is this. And we'll talk about this downstairs a little bit more. Picture in your mind someone you know, a believer, with commendable faith in your eyes. Oh, so-and-so is such an example. They trust God so well. They never doubt. They just boldly go. You know that person? Spend some more time with them, please. Because that ain't them. Commendable faith is a messed up societal outcast who's been bleeding for 12 years, totally poor. She a hot mess. This woman comes to our church, she'd be a hot mess. She'd fit in perfectly. She'd be a hot mess. Because hot messes know how much Jesus loves them. And we might not look at it, we'd be like, Jairus, come on, Jairus, you're clean, you're smart, you're rich, you're fun to be around. Come hang out with us. Not the lady who's been bleeding for 12 years, kicked out of society. But that's the one with the commendable faith. Why? Because she knew how weak she was so she could see how mighty and gracious and kind God was. See, in the eyes of the world, Jairus was special. That was the most esteemed position in the community, the synagogue ruler. In the eyes of the world, this lady without a name wasn't special. But in the eyes of the kingdom of God, saved by grace through faith, this woman is far more special than she realizes. Joy in that. Jesus has power to save. We've seen that week after week after week after week in Luke. But don't miss, he has a desire to save. He's available, attentive, responsive. He doesn't just want to have an I-it relationship. Jesus, 
I don't feel good, fix it. Thank you. That's what I've been after. But Jesus says, hope. I fixed that, but hope. That's not your big problem. What's my big problem, Lord? You need to be reconciled to God. Well, Lord, how can I be reconciled to you? You must be perfect. Well, God, I can't be perfect. What am I supposed to do? I see your law. I can't keep your law. I am riddled with sin. I am disgusted by my sin. I am overwhelmed with your holiness. What shall I do? Jesus says, turn to me and be saved. I have kept the law in your place. I have taken the wrath you deserve. I have risen from the dead. I will make you new. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. It's not until you know how low you is that Jesus can lift you up and show you how special you are. And now you get to live your life as those who receive the plate from God. You are special. I am special. I'm a friend of God. I am special. I am dearly loved by God. I am indwelt by God. I am empowered by God. I will be a co-regent with Christ. I will live with God face to face. I am an image bearer being restored to the fullness of the image I should bear. I can love God because God first loved me. I can glorify God because God has saved me. I am special. Can you say that? The people who can say that are the ones who realize on your own you ain't special at all. Jairus, we're going to talk about him next week. Jairus was the man, synagogue ruler, rich, smart, powerful, influential, comes right up to him. Jesus, help me. Come on. Come on, man. The woman comes up sneaking up behind him. I'm not worthy, Lord. How are you coming to Jesus? Jesus, save me. Or are you kind of sitting in the back? Jesus? Please? The problem with the altar call, you ever watch people walk down those? Coming all proud and they should have the altar crawl. Yeah. Get low. God might smoke you. You ever think about that? How does she come to God? Look at that. Trembling and falling down. I never seen an altar call play out like that. You know, we should try that sometime. A little barbed wire, fire. That's how you come to God. Trembling and falling down. And you know what Jesus does when you come up? Knock that off. Get up here. You're mine now. You're a child of God. You are loved by God. Get up and walk. Act like what you are. Trust in me. Well, God, my, my faith is weak. Perfect. Those are the type of people I work with. But God, I, I can't trust you. You're right, you can't, but I will cause you to. But God, I'm so darn scared. Well, that's all right. You trust me through that fear. Well, God, how do it? You can't, but you can do all things through me who strengthens you. Commendable faith is faith that comes not, listen to this, not without doubt, not without fears, and not without trembling. Commendable faith, saving faith, comes through doubts, through fears, and through trembling, because it knows with absolute certainty, based on a God-given ability called faith, that it can perceive certain things that are true and trust their whole life to them and to him who establishes their 
truthfulness. So that plate, I'm going to take it back out now. Not here, at home. My wrestle was I grew up in a home a little different than my wife's. My wife's home was you are special. You can be anything you want to be. My home was you may be smart, but there are smarter people. You may be good looking, but there are better looking people. You may be strong, but there's always someone who could whoop you. You may make a lot of money, but somebody always got more. You ain't that special. Well, then Jesus spoke. And he said, you're special because not of the identity you have by birth. You're special because of the identity you have by new birth. Amen? You're special by being an image bearer, but uniquely special because God came to save people. People like what? Like, an, listen to this, an outcast, ostracized, poverty, nameless, trembling woman. Why would Jesus save her? What does she have to offer the kingdom? Wouldn't Jairus be a better fit? We'll get to him next week. What did men have to offer Jesus? You know what she had to offer him? Same thing you and I do. A handful of sin. Well, why would Jesus take that from us? Because you are special. Now listen. Functionally, practically, specifically, what do you do with this? Where in your life are you failing to trust in the reality of who God is and who you are before him? Can you think of one area? Failing to trust in the reality of who God is and who you are before him. Why? Why are you failing to trust? Don't answer out loud. You afraid? Make you tremble? Think you can't afford it? Think everything will go bad if you do it? Come through that. Through that, with that, come to Jesus and say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Amen? Stop trying to make a name for yourself and start rejoicing as you rest in the name of Christ, who actually has a name for you that you don't yet know written on a white stone that you will one day see. What is that name? You have to read Revelation to find out. Spoiler alert, you won't find out after you finish Revelation. You have to wait still. Do y'all understand who Jesus is? He hung out with the crowds to let the crowd know only who he was but what he was like. He was available, attentive, and responsive. Listen, how many people in this crowd bumped into Jesus? A whole lot. Well, why didn't they all get healed? Something unique about this woman. Don't miss this. Jesus knew her specifically and knew every problem that she had and was attentive to it and at just the right time addressed it. Do you see the joy in that? And the same is true for you. And this woman had commendable faith. She came through her, through her trembling, through her doubts. May you and I do the same. Now, originally, that was my introduction to get into the sermon. My voice says, be done. Father, thank you for loving us. Father, thank you for saving us. 
Father, thank you for seeing us for what you desire us to be through Christ. Lord, help us to understand just how special we are as those dearly loved by you. We are not special because of anything innate to our nature by birth, but we are special because your eye is upon us. We are special in that you save us and make us new. Yes, Lord, we are special because we are image bearers, but how much more so image bearers being restored to our image. People being made straight, broken people being made whole, weak people being made strong, not in our own might, but in the might of the risen God. Lord God, we believe, help our unbelief. Lord, I pray that we would have faith that is commendable to you. And I pray that we would remember, while this is not a call to weak faith, Lord. We, we need to fight our weakness to strength, to, to flee doubting, for doubting does not necessarily please you. But as we always doubt, Lord, help us to fight through the doubt to trust you even though we doubt. Or said another way to cry out, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Lord, we are Romans 7 folks. We're hot mess, flesh battling, recovering sin addicts, but we're also a new creation in Christ and dwelt by your spirit. Help us to understand who we truly are. Help us to live in light of truth. And Lord, remind us that we can only do this by your power for your glory. And Lord, as we continue in this text next week and transition over to Jairus, I pray that we would keep this nameless woman in mind knowing that she is not nameless before you. She was created by you, chosen by you before the foundation of the world, to be you reconciled to you, not because of anything she had to offer on her own, but because of the righteousness you chose to impute to her. Lord, you tell us that she was saved by her faith. Her faith has made her well. The word is sozo in Greek, saved. But that faith was not something she mustered up on her own. Faith is a gift of God, an ability to perceive and trust in truth. For Lord, for those of us who have this ability, this gift of faith, to perceive and trust in truth, I pray that we would. And for those who do not yet know you, I pray, Lord, that you would give them eyes to see and ears to hear, to let them know that, yes, in fact, they do matter, and they matter because they're special. And they're special because they're created by you and loved by you. And you've offered to save them. That there is purpose and meaning to life. And that purpose and meaning is to know you and love you and enjoy you forever in light of the fact that you first loved us. I pray, Lord, for those who don't know you, that they would be overwhelmed with the sinfulness of their sin. That they would be disgusted by the vileness that they bring before you, that they seek to rob you of glory and remove you from your throne and glorify themselves. But you came to save people like that. Lord, help us. Lord, remind us. And Lord, cause us to rejoice as we remember and cause us to remember and proclaim the excellencies of you who called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Holy Spirit, help us to see an area in our lives 
where we are forgetting who we are and whose we are and failing to trust in that reality. The power that you have and the desire that you have to care for us perfectly with that power. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving us. And because you have first loved us, we pray that in your power, we would love you and love others. And that we would live lives based on your power at work within us. We pray in your holy and precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen.